0: We want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com.
1: Wonder, everybody say wonder. I love, absolutely love Christmas. I love uh, candles. I love ornaments. I love lights. I love poinsettias. Poinsettias, I don't know what you call them. I I love um, Christmas movies. Here's the perfect uh, night for me. Um, sitting by the fire, sipping cocoa next to the tree, tree lit, no other lights on. Jade and quiet, hopefully. <laughs> Watching uh The nativity story. Now, I I guess I would say watching Elf. I love That's my favorite movie. That's what I love. I love doing that. You could make a pretty good case why these kind of things, these man-made traditions, these homemade ideas um, make up the wonder of Christmas. They are wonderful, but they truly obviously aren't why Christmas is wonderful, right? It's wonderful because of one name. Jesus. In fact, the story of Christmas uh, not only uh, is wonderful, but it answers a question that everyone has And we talked about last week. Is there more than this? Is there more than this? Christmas answers that question with a resounding, loud, yes, there is more than this life, and it's found in Jesus. Christmas is a reminder to all of us. All of us, including people who don't like church, who don't admit that, that God is real, it's a, it's, a, it's a reminder to all of us because God created every person. He made room in every person's body, human image, to long for something more. He made room for Christmas. And whether they uh, believe it or not and accept it or not, God created space there. And he, is, he oh, is daily reminding the atheist, the searcher, and even the faithful, hey, hey, Christoph, there is more for you. There is more. I know that you know there's a lot in Jesus, but there is more for us. Um, some may not believe. In fact, we all have a hard time believing in these days. Uh, we have a hard time believing a lot of things. We can't believe the news. We can't believe politicians. We can't believe Religious people, we can't believe movie stars, we can't believe, you can't believe many people these days. It's hard to believe. And as faith has gone out the window, the world in many ways has reduced uh, stories like, or narratives like Jesus uh, in a manger to fables because we are, have a hard time believing. I've heard it said that Americans in the last two years, have lost their sense of wonder. It works perfect for what I'm talking about today. They have lost their sense of wonder because there's nothing wonderful to put their faith in. That kind of sounds dreary and hopeless, but it's kind of true in many ways. So today, I want to deliver a simple message. Last week, we talked about the wonder of hope. Today, I want to talk about the wonder of faith. Would you bow your heads with me once again? Lord, uh, we know you are with us. We know you are in us. We know you work through us. We know that you are here. We know that you are real. We know that you are close, and we acknowledge that today, and we celebrate that today. Everyone, would you just take a moment in your hearts to say, I celebrate that you are with me, that you work through me, that you uh, are a part of my life, that you uh, are never have never left me never forsaken me we rejoice in that fact today that's what we part of what we celebrate today at uh, at this time of year we love you today we thank you for this group of people that you've put together online and in person that have come together for one purpose and that's to glorify you I pray that you would help us all to be loving towards one another accepting and receiving just as you have done to us amen that kind of sounds uh, uh just like I just said it, but I really, believe, I really hope that is true, that we would be accepting and receiving of one another just as Jesus has received us, amen. Some might uh, ask before we get going, isn't faith, um, and we touched on this a little bit when we talked about Advent, but isn't faith the same as hope? Um, kind of, but not really, because we talked about hope is something in the distance that we're, that we're expecting to happen, and faith is right here, right now. Faith is what um, caused uh, Brandon and Megan to believe for a baby, when their their baby is two months nine, two years nine months old. But last year she was nine months old. Nine months before that, they were, in many ways, uh, without hope, until they decided to put their faith. In God, and they considered adopting. They considered many things, but we prayed as a church that God would do a miracle in her womb, and or whatever needed to be done to have this baby happen. And that happened because of faith. Put up that scripture that Brandon uh, shared with us today, Hebrews chapter eleven. I'm going to read it in the New King James Version. But it says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, right there is a good reason why faith doesn't go over well in our society to us. Because it says that it is unseen. We can't see it with our physical eyes. And that's no good. I don't like that. Give me something that I can see and then, good, then I'll, I'll take it. No, no. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is required. It's not an option. Faith is required. If you want to believe, I'm trying to point out uh, Jesus in the manger, the nativity. If you want to believe the story of Christmas, you must have faith. Now today, we're going to point out two wonders of faith. Two wonders. These foundational truths um, must be received by faith if you want to experience the wonder of Christmas. If you want to behold the wonder of Christmas. Now, you say, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't promise an emotional experience today. But this is what I hear in almost every Christmas movie. Okay? I just... Don't feel like it's Christmas this year. Why don't I sense Christmas? Let me tell you how to sense Christmas all the time. And I think Jack Hayford was the, the, the one that kind of put this into my brain and into my heart. And it just kind of oozes out of his uh, sermons from, from the past. But um, if you want to really uh, behold the wonder of Christmas every day, you wonder, you'll talk to an old person Often, And they'll be like, I'm just so touched by this Christmas, by this story, by this baby Jesus. They see the story, they, they'll they be talking about something, and you're saying, oh yeah, it's cool. But if you want to behold the beauty and the wonder of it, you must embrace these two foundational truths. By faith, because we're talking about faith today. And I'm going to talk about those two, or I'm going to have two people talk about those truths today. It's going to be awesome. Um, the first wonderful truth um, that we're going to talk about is the incarnation. And I've asked my, I've asked, did I lose, did I lose it? Is it there? I asked my friend, Jared, is it, is it working? Yeah. I feel like maybe I just, just adjust. I asked my friend, Jared Graham, to talk about this truth. Um, Jared and his wife, Mary, and their three kids have been a part of New Song. You hear me okay back there? Is it good? It's quiet. I'll go to this. Where's my chick? Maybe just turn it up, because it's working. So, Jared and his wife Mary have been a part of New Song for a year. They have three kids, and I've known Jared for three years. Um, but I wanted to have him talk about this, because... Uh, Jared has a head start in the faith category because Jared is legally blind, and you wouldn't even notice it when you see him, but he has to literally have faith for every step he takes, especially when he's in a, uh, a dark, darker room. And His truth that he's going to talk about is the incarnation. It's a fancy word that means that God came to earth, but I'm going to let uh, Jared uh, describe this for you.
0: The incarnation of christ is one of my favorite spiritual mysteries you see pastor stephen's talking about faith today again this is one of my favorite spiritual disciplines i know you might be thinking i'm joking around here but this is serious that faith for me is one of the most important parts of my life but what's cool about god is that he does not require very much faith you see he says that we only need the faith of a mustard seed to move mountains God doesn't require a lot, and I want to prove that in Jesus himself. So we're going to start with Jesus being on earth. Historians use ancient manuscripts to define whether an ancient figure survived or or actually lived, or if the story of their their life was real. In perspective, Julius Caesar, one of the most well-known Roman emperors, has the bare minimum manuscript proof. at 16 ancient manuscripts. That is the bare minimum. One less or a few less. And we wouldn't even know that Julius, we couldn't define him as a true figure. In contrast, the New Testament has well over 26,000 manuscripts. Jesus undeniably was here on earth. He walked this earth, he said the things he said, he did what the Bible says he did. The second is Jesus' Messiah. The Old Testament has a collection of well over 350 messianic prophecies. Lee Strobel, one of my favorite theologians, puts it this way. If you were to cover the earth in one and a half inch tiles, very small white tiles, and you were to take one of those white tiles and you were to paint one side of it red and put it face down so that only the white side was showing. And you were allowed to let someone walk all seven continents, but they were only allowed in their lifetime to bend down and pick up one tile. The likelihood of them picking up that red painted tile is the same likelihood that Jesus would fulfill eight of the messianic prophecies. Eight That is insane to think about. And we have in the New Testament manuscripts truth and proof that Jesus actually fulfilled 100% of the messianic prophecies. There was zero of them he did not do. That is incredible. It takes no faith to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He was and is the Messiah to come. Now to the incarnation. This is the one where, for whatever reason, we begin to stumble. We cannot... grasp that Jesus was fully God and fully human. John 1 -1 says that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word of God being the Word at all of creation that spoke the stars and all of of what we are into existence, that Word was with God, that Word became flesh the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and upon Mary created a divine human being. Paul says that he stepped down from his throne and became a servant, Mm -hmm. just like us. We are in bondage to our flesh. He chose to step down from his throne and become a servant. Jesus himself says, I do nothing without the Father's permission." Jesus himself admits to the choices he made. He made himself to walk as a human and be submitted to the Father, because that is what we are. And he wanted to show us how to walk as God calls us to walk. Yes, Jesus was perfect. Because of what Adam did, one perfect human throwing us into chaos, the Word was incapable of being sacrificed until He became a human and became the perfect sacrificial lamb. That word, the incarnation of Jesus, he walked among us. He was subjected to temptation, subjected to fear, subjected to gravity. He was fully God, but yet fully human. And he did that. And at any point, even Jesus himself says, do you not think that I could call upon my father and have a legion, thousands of angels come and save me? Do you think that you, by cutting off the servant's ear, talking to his disciples could do anything to like, I can stop this from happening. That's what makes it more incredible. The fact that God chose, chose to become a human, and at the same time, could choose to stop it all and walk away. The incarnation of Christ, the mystery of the incarnation is that a beautiful, incredible, limitless, eternal God allowed himself to become fully human as well so that he could show us how to walk, be subject to the same things we were subject to, and sacrifice himself as the perfect lamb. And all we need is the faith to believe that our God is loving and willing to do something that beautiful.
1: Amen. Thank you, Jared. Want to be down here. The second one I want to talk about today is the wonder of the immaculate conception. It's this fancy word that talks about the virgin birth. And I asked a nice lady who is really good at making pasta, but she's also... <laughs> Uh, and when I when I saw her Bible, compared to my Bible, the Hebrew English New Covenant Prophecy Edition, and it's in Hebrew, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was <laughs> this is the right person to talk about the second truth, uh, the Virgin Birth. I don't read in Hebrew. I'm reading from the English
2: page, so just so you know.
1: Humble too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I wanna preempty what I have to say. I have notes, so I hope to stay within my time limit. Um, Way back in November, before Thanksgiving, I also had a burning in my soul of what is Christmas? Why is it the trees? Is it the ornament? Is it the fancy clothes? Is it the fancy shirts? Whatever. And I was like, what part of Christmas are we missing? that the best looking tree in the neighborhood is important to us, or yeah. the lights are important. What part of Christmas are we missing? And this became a little bit of a burden on me, because at the same time, early in November, I had a lot of dear friends, ladies in my Bible study, and relatives, and whatever, who were in a sad situation. Not my immediate family, but had relatives who lost siblings, uh, friends that lost their mom and their grandpa within two weeks from COVID. I was heartbroken for them. And I thought, how sad to go into the Christmas season with this over their hearts. And how can I fix it? How can I fix it? I can't fix the pain they're going through. Why is Christmas not able to fix that? What have we lost in Christmas? What are we holding on to instead of the real Christmas story? So I went to Luke and Matthew, and I started reading, and I was posting on my Bible study page what God would give me every day. And so uh, the story starts with Mary and the virgin birth. But before that, before Gabriel showed up to Mary, he showed up to Zachariah. You can't just take a story out and not give it its full meaning. He shows up at the temple. Zechariah was an old priest, and he says, "You guys are going to bring forth the one that's coming in the in the steps of Elijah to bring forth Messiah." And he's like, "Okay, you <laughs> realize that Elizabeth and I are as old as Joe and Sina. This this can't work. You know that. How it, you know we're really old." We can't start baby and diapers and stuff. We can't do this. And the angel said, no, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And because you didn't believe me, you're not going to speak for the next nine months. And so Zechariah goes home. Elizabeth gets pregnant. And as much as she's happy about being pregnant at this nice old age, She is in seclusion for several months because how are you going to explain this to the neighborhood? It doesn't really pan out. Okay, so now Gabriel goes to Mary. And you know, whenever Gabriel shows up, it's breaking news. All right, he always shows up when he has something to say about Messiah. That's the one. You see Gabriel in the scriptures, you see a story or an announcement about Messiah. So... Gabriel goes to Mary, tells her this wonderful news, and she's like, uh, hello? How can this be? How can this be? Mary asks the angel. Since I am a virgin, now, depending on what religious background you come from, you have different versions of what the virgin birth meant. I came from a background that had that statement, the virgin birth, and gave it a whole bunch of other teachings. That's not the story here. The only truth to the virgin birth is what Mary said. How can this be since I am a virgin? I have known no man. Now, she was betrothed to Joseph. They had had the contract. He hadn't taken her home as his wife. He was probably preparing his home for his wife. How is this gonna go? This isn't gonna go over really well. And the angel tells her the story. Her response was not a question of doubt, only of method. Because she wasn't intending to be with any man. So angel, come on, give me the lowdown on how this is gonna work. And he says, the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. The highest is a reference to God the Father. Her life is to be overshadowed by God the Father. The Holy One that was to be born would be called Son of God. Whoa, for nothing shall be impossible with God. And then later, Jesus himself says, For with God all things are possible. And um, Jared said it wonderful how it explains it in Philippians that he didn't hold on to being God. He decided, I am going to be made, it says in Hebrews, a little lower than the angels. And for a while, I'm going to walk the earth lower than the angels between heaven and earth. I'm going to be equal with those creatures that we created a long time ago and that need help. And so he came down. And Mary's answer is, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled, at which point Gabriel says to her, by the way, your cousin Elizabeth is having a baby. Now, they didn't have Facebook. So that news had not come down from the hill country. This is news to Mary. First of all, because Elizabeth's in seclusion. Second of all, because Zechariah is mute. So he's not running around giving news to anybody. She didn't know this. And I really believe without reading into the scripture, without adding any words to the scripture, that Gabriel's telling her this was a recommendation. You should really go see Elizabeth. And off she goes immediately to go see Elizabeth. And that's the part that is so, so beautiful. This surrender to the will of God will be costly in terms of personal suffering Now she doesn't know at this point what this all means. She said yes to the angel. She doesn't realize what's coming down the pipe. Joseph will doubt her story at the beginning. There will be whispering among the people as to her sudden pregnancy. When Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees, they accused him of being born of fornication. So all of her life, a cloud of suspicion will hang over her. When she came to the temple to present her son, a devout godly man named Simeon will prophesy that a sword would pierce through her own soul. She was to watch the perfect child and man whom she loved more than her own life. He's mocked, he's despised, he's rejected by the Jews, and then be hung on a cross. Did she understand what she said when she said, Be it unto me according to thy word. Think of this verse the next time you say, yes, Lord, I surrender to your will. I surrender to your will, but do I know what's coming down the pike? Nope. That's where faith comes in. That's where my friends who have had heartache this year are going to have to stand on their faith and say, we know that God works all things for the good but perhaps this is not good for me right now, but I'm standing in faith until God changes the situation. Standing in faith. So when you say, yes, Lord, I'll surrender. Do we know that glorious, glorious joy of carrying the Son of God? Now, I don't know where all of you came from, but at one point you said yes to Jesus. That means you're carrying the Son of God within you, like Mary was. And if you're carrying the Son of God, that's the Christmas faith walk. That's where Christmas means something to you that it doesn't mean to someone without Jesus. You are carrying the Son. And if I'm carrying the Son, I should be able to bring Christmas into the lives of those around me. Christmas is the birth of Jesus. Years ago, we did a little presentation. We did a lot of Spanish songs. And one song was the fishes in the sea were just jumping up when Jesus was born, and they were singing from the river. And then another song was that when the shepherd were running to Bethlehem, they lost their shoes. They were running so fast. And those songs are cute, and they're beautiful, and they're great to share with children. But is that true of us? Are we running so fast to Bethlehem to see Jesus that we can lose our shoes? And are we like the fish in the sea, just glorious, jumping up, saying, the Lord has come? Is that what Christmas is to you? Because if it's not, you're missing. You're missing carrying the sun. You're missing carrying that sun. Did Mary go through a lot? Yeah. Yeah. And when she went to see Elizabeth, talk about, knowing when a baby is Bible in the womb? When she went to see a visible uh, Elizabeth, that baby was maybe a couple of weeks old, the baby she was carrying. Elizabeth's baby was six months old, and that six-month-old baby in the womb reacted to the presence of Jesus in his house. Elizabeth said, The baby in my womb leaped up when I heard your greeting and blessed are you because she was carrying the sun. That's what's important. When we talk about faith, we may not see it every day. It's not gonna happen. Things that we think are gonna go this way, maybe don't go that way. But God's timing is always perfect and you don't see that till maybe five or six years later. But the time you're walking through it is the time where you need to know, but I'm carrying the son. And therefore, if the future is not what Mary expected, she was carrying the son. And in Matthew, then it says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her. You see, once you made a covenant of marriage between two children or two young people, that covenant was like a marriage. He would have had to divorce her to walk away from that situation. And he did not want to put her in shame and ridicule because the law was that if that baby was from fornication, she could have been stoned. This was not a fun time for Mary. So when we think of the virgin birth, and we think of making it all glamorous and whatever, think of the heartache she was going through. How do I present myself to Joseph? How do I present myself to my parents? How much faith did it take for her to carry through this pregnancy? How much faith did it take? And believe me, at that time, they hadn't heard from God in 400 years. The fact that she would get up in the morning and say, this is the answer that we've been waiting for for 400 years. How much faith did that take? Unbelievable. And so then the angel comes back and he says, you know what, Joseph, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel." And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home to be his wife, and they gave him the name Jesus. The long and the short of this story is that the virgin birth means one thing, and Jared explained it so well. The God who left his throne in heaven and came to become a man. And Mary needed to know one thing, that this was not man's doing. This was all God's doing. And that's where her faith took her, through the crucifixion, through all the heartache she went through in losing her son, that's where faith took her. So when you think that life isn't quite going the way you expected it, I would suggest you remember that you're carrying the son and that when you remember that, you can bring Christmas joy.
1: It's good. Check. So these two truths. Now you can turn down a bit. These two truths: the virgin birth, the incarnation. They oh, nice story. They're a nice story. You can't embrace these. Really what it comes down to, I think what Cena was part of what Sina was saying and Jared said both, is you can't embrace the faith you need for the situation you're in. You can say, Well, I don't know if I fully believe the way people say the virgin birth happened, the incarnation happened. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not, it happened. It's true. There's manuscripts, but besides that, God that's, that was his plan. That happened. That doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. I have a neighbor who, who uh, says he celebrates Christmas. He won't hear this, so I'll just tell you what I do. So what I do is, um, I, first I said, well, you can't have Christmas without Christ. So I went to his house. I put a cross on his front yard, and every night, Christmas carol style, I knock on his door and I sing Reckless Love every night. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> There's no door you won't break. No, I don't sing that. I, I don't do that because I know that uh, what, what I know that God knows, and God knows this, that it takes, uh, it takes a while to receive all of these things, and it requires faith. Our Heavenly Father knows that faith is hard to grasp, and so he is more than willing to wait until he sees our need for Jesus, then his Holy Spirit, God with us on this earth, comes and speaks to us. That's how it works. Sometimes it requires a little bit of, uh, uh, from our part, but um, the most of it, it comes from him. And um, the point is that it's received by faith on each person's timing, on the timing of their life. Today, I want you to go, uh, it really hit me what um, Cena said about why don't I have enough, um, why don't we know enough about Jesus, why aren't we carrying Jesus enough with us to make a difference for people who are saying it's a tough season, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I want Christmas to change us. Yet as Christians, maybe it changed us at one time, but it hasn't changed us now enough. I'm just generally speaking enough that it changes others. The wonder of Christmas isn't on us enough. Maybe, maybe we would say, Well, I believe the virgin birth, I believe the immaculate conception, I believe the incarnation, I, be- I believe the manuscripts, I believe it all. But do you believe enough to make a difference in people's lives? I ask that to myself. That is the question that um, I, I'm going to be left with today. So I ask you today yes, you know it requires faith. What is our response? What is our response? to the wonder of Christmas, to uh, to these truly wonderful events that have happened. How does it personally impact us? Can you come up, my brother? We're gonna we're gonna sing in a minute. Could the whole team whoever's here, you can come up to um, that's, that's what we miss sometimes in church. That's what we miss sometimes in our relationship, the personal part. Like, I, that was nice. nice. Nice Sunday, nice Bible verse, nice story. But how does it affect us in our daily life in who, who we are becoming and who we are trying to help others become? I told you at the beginning today, I want you to not only receive the story of Christmas by faith, But stretch your faith. Stretch your faith to believe for something you're having trouble believing for. Think about what you are having trouble believing for and stretch yourself to believe it. I know what you've experienced, right? I know what our history says. And I'm not talking way long history. I'm talking your history. I know in 1985 this happened. I know in 1995 this happened. I know in 2005 in my life this happened, which might cause my theology to uh, not line up with what I know to be true. I want you to stretch your faith today. If Jesus can be born to a virgin and God would come to earth as a man, he can meet you at your intersection of doubt and fear and situations and uh, issues, he can meet you right there and say, "I I will give you the faith to believe. Put up that definition of wonder, would you? Wonder, the definition of wonder is this, a feeling of surprise mingled with awe caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar a marvel with remarkable properties. Truly, what Jesus did for us is a surprise mingled with awe. It's something beautiful. It's unexpected. It's unfamiliar. It's something we need to pass on because it's got such remarkable properties to it. Amen? Amen. Would you close your eyes with me today? Christmas reminds the sinner that Christmas reminds us of the sinners that the doubters that the scoffers that the addicts that the broken people or our brokenness will never be disqualifiers for welcoming Jesus into our space through faith whatever that means to you welcoming Jesus maybe it's welcoming Jesus into your heart today Maybe it's the first time Jesus has ever been a part of your life. Maybe it's welcoming Jesus again. Jesus, I've cleaned myself up. I'm coming back to you. No, you say, Jesus, I'm really messed up right now, and I need you to come, come back and live with me. Or maybe for you, he's coming into a situation where he wants to stretch your faith even more. We are to be giants of faith in a world of doubt. We are, to be, we are to be heroes and champions of believing when in a world where people don't believe. So what are you believing for today? Jesus has room to take in your doubts and give you just a little bit, just a seed. All you need is just a seed to see a mountain move. Jesus can give you that faith. Just a minute. Open your eyes just for You know that Jesus, um, Jesus was on this earth. God had enough uh, love to receive the people that came into Jesus' life that weren't ready to receive Jesus by faith. You know, Saul became... Paul, but Saul was a killer, you know, killed Christians. We talked about last week how Jesus received the wise men who, they were worshipers of the stars. They were wizards. They were, they were potion makers. They were spell makers. And Jesus brought them to, to, uh, God brought them to, to to welcome Jesus. God has room for you. God had room for the people who were going to kill him. They're like, he's like, I know you're going to kill Jesus. You're going to try to kill him one day, but I'm still open to you. And now I want you to close your eyes again. Before and after, today and yesterday, there is enough love to receive you. So first, before we do anything else, if you are here today, you need to come back to Jesus. Or maybe you need to come to Jesus for the first time. Maybe you're online. Maybe you're here in person. Would you say, Jesus, today, I make room for you in my heart. I have the faith to believe. Would you do that today? If you're here in this room and you need that here in this room. If you're online, maybe you could mention it in in the comments. But if you're here in the room, would you just make eye contact with me so I can see that's what you're doing today? Amen. Anybody else? Make it, make it really apparent because my eyes aren't good for the back. Anybody Amen. else? Amen. Let's all just say this prayer because it's a good one. To, re, to remember why uh, we believe what we believe. Say, Jesus, I receive you in my heart today. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for coming to earth to show me that you are with me. I promise to live for you and serve you and confess you as my Lord and Savior. Not just promise, but do it right now. Amen. And then the rest of us, all of us, open your eyes. We're going to sing a song today. Do you guys know what song you're singing? What is it? Greater Greater than all. Greater than all of us. That's who God is. What is your thing that you're bringing before Jesus, your gift? That's how it doesn't break. It doesn't work because our gifts that we bring to Jesus are our problems, is our brokenness. We bring it to Jesus. I, I, sometimes I think God's like, well, thank you very much. I appreciate this Sunday. All across the world, people gave me their brokenness and their hurt. Thank you. And I gave you everything and that's all you can give. Yeah, that's pretty much all we can give him. I appreciate it when my son comes to me. I would never say to him, oh, don't tell me your problems. I don't want to hear them. All I want is compliments because I'm a good dad. No, I appreciate him coming to me with his things. Would you take that thing in your hand that you're believing for? Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's in you. Maybe it's in someone else and say, give me the faith to believe just as much as I believe you came to earth that this thing can be done for me. I give it to you today. This is my gift to you. I worship you. And as we worship, I, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to minister in this room. And then I'll close. We'll close with a prayer. We'll see where we go from there. But um...
0: Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.